Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Hey. How's yeah. it going? Oh, it's it's going for me, man. I don't it's know about you guys, but it's well. going. We are back again, as always, for like the 150-some-odd time. Something we are back. Late 50s of the 100, yeah. We are starting a cult that's great. I'm Jake. Mitch is here. Navi's clacking around. Yeah, he's, he's quick clacking. He's been back and forth between parts of the house. He was looking at me. He was giving me big hugs. He's and making kisses. his rounds. So he's, he's suckling the sweet oils from Grant's face. He is. He like loves licking my face. He, it's like his favorite thing in this world. I have a series of photos of him just going at your face. And it's funny because like plunging it, your ear with his lips. I'm not quite a germaphobe, but I'm definitely more a germaphobe than not. Um, just just preference. Like, you know, I don't like touching things and stuff. Um, but that doesn't bother me for some reason. I don't know. It's just like. It's just it makes him feel comfortable, like he's cool with it. Like it's a comfort he, thing from when he was a puppy. Yeah, he used to just like lick me when he was a baby, and he'd like sit on my lap. He'd just like lick. I guess he was nervous, and it just went into adulthood for him. So like he's fine, um, but he's present. Um, if he gets a little loud or something, he'll, he'll uh, go in the other room. But we'll see how he yeah, does. For he's now. already hitting my laptop with his tail a bunch of times. He just gets excited. He loves. He loves when people are here. It's like he, true. That's like his favorite thing. You guys know Navi. Um, but yeah, definitely wish him a happy birthday. It'll be his birthday on Wednesday. Wednesday. He's the big two. Mm-hmm. The big Navi. The, the big, big O2. Two. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the events of the Columbine High School. That's true. The Columbine High School Massacre. How about that? Call it. The... Um, well, I don't even want to say anything, because it'll predispose us to things that will come up later. Well, there's a lot of shit. So, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, and just leave it. Now, are we... Um, at, we actually haven't discussed this yet. I'm kind of open to either or. Have we uh, Have we thought this is... Is this two parts, one part? What are we doing here? You know, I don't know. Because you saw me scrambling in there. I was, like, taking notes for, like, three hours just sitting on your couch yeah. uh, before this. And I feel like I didn't get everything. So right. maybe we'll see where I don't know. We'll see how it goes because the notes go pretty. Fu- we'll 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 figure it out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll figure it out. It may be two parts. It may not. We don't know. We'll see what happens. You guys are here for the ride with us. But I guess without further ado, uh, Columbine. I, I do want to <laughs> say um, 
We have a fan. I, I, we said this before. I want to say it's like Shania. That's not right, though. Shawnee. Shawnee. Shawnee, if you're listening to this, let me level with you real quick, okay? Let me level with you. Your name should be Shania. Just the way I... <laughs> you just want it to be like for Shania Twain. Maybe I. it's like the weird dyslexicness that I, I don't have but sometimes like suffer from. It should be... It, the way I read it is Shania. But either way... Um, she definitely um, she won up to us. Believe it or not, she uh, she got a sticker with our uh, logo on it for her car. So we thank you for that. Yeah, we. Um, did, she just made it herself. She's a true fan. The cease and desist letter will be in the mail soon, so don't worry. You'll we get thank that from you us. for everything you have. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, that is, that's really cool. We appreciate it's amazing. it. Amazing. She put it on her truck. I posted it on the the Instagram story. A while yes, ago. Yes, yes, you did. I, I, I believe I was. Uh, I was. Did you see viewer. that, everybody? Um, but yes, uh, I wanted to get that out there before we move on, and I forget to say that. Yeah. So um, we'll see you in court. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll get our autographs for sure on the subpoenas. But um, anyways, why don't we start talking about Columbine? Columbine. All right. So <laughs> the Columbine High School massacre was a school shooting and attempted bombing that took place on April twentieth of nineteen ninety nine. Nine nine four twenty. Like that great Prince album that I don't really listen to. Um, it was carried out by Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. The two managed to murder twelve of their classmates along with one teacher uh, before turning their guns on themselves. Yeah, right. So Columbine. About Thirteen people too late. But yeah, that's yeah, okay. Very much so. They should have just taken to. In their basement, maybe, just alone. In the terms of basketball, they should have taken it to the house. Yeah. And the house being their skulls and taking it being fresh bullets. It's true. But they did, you know, uh, took some people with them. Anyway, Columbine, as as many uh, simply refer to it, was not the first school shooting to ever take place. But the number of victims, the length of time that the act of shooting lasted as well as a few other factors surrounding the story, made this massacre forever ingrained in American history. Absolutely. And I would say that this was sort of the jumping-off point for what was to come years later with the seeming rash of school shootings that we got over the course of a couple of years that were like oh, big, it, heavy ones. It sparked a lot of uh, copycat people. Um, but this was definitely the one that brought it to media and national attention um, I would even argue and say international attention as well. Oh, very much so. Um, this was the one that really led to places, if they didn't do it, but at least considering uh, getting like metal detectors at entrances, things like that. Yeah. This really kind of sculpted what high school would be for the rest of time, Yeah, to be most, honest. For the most part, people not being able to leave school in the middle of the day and come back. Like for lunch, I used to be able to. Yeah. I it, never lived through that, but... No, me Sounds neither. like it would have been cool if this didn't happen. But yeah, this was a this was a huge, huge event. Yeah. So, uh, like we mentioned for the Las Vegas shooting episode, like mass and school shootings alike are relatively kind of new ground for us. So, at least my portion of the notes here uh, for this episode will be starting with the perpetrator's beginnings and go up to and through the event. You know, just like with our other true crime. I, stuff. I feel you. I'm going to take the time. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think this will be a two-part episode because... All right, well, it, as I go, do you, do you want me to maybe stop just before the shooting? Because there is a good amount. Uh, we'll uh, see where the time has us. I think we could probably go through it. But I um, I was, I was watched a, a lot of videos last night, and I watched this one documentary, and 
there's a lot of it's not conspiracy theories in the sense of Vegas, um, but there's a lot of weird little details that don't make the yeah. cut, and there's a lot of questions that kind of went unanswered that I I would just personally like to have more information on before I speak on that. Okay, yeah. Well, so like we said, we'll, we'll probably extend this. We'll see where it goes up to, but um, uh, yeah, some of those little things that I think you might be thinking about. Like the weird little details. I'm going to mention some of them. No, absolutely. They'll, they'll come All up. right. So, Eric David Harris. All right. He was born April 9th of 1981 in Wichita, Kansas. BTK country, if you will. Um, we should so, have known. All right. So, his father was a U.S. Air Force transport pilot, and his mother was a homemaker, and he had an older brother. All right. The family spent Eric's early years of childhood and schooling in Plattsburgh, New York. Uh, before moving to Littleton, Colorado, following Eric's father's retirement from military service in July of 93. All right, all right. All right. Eric then attended uh, Ken Car- Carriel. It's just the the name Carry with an L. Carriel. Carriel. Uh, Carriel. Ken Carriel Middle School, where he uh, he first met Dylan Klebold. All right. All right. Dylan Klebold. They're children. They have very short uh, beginnings. But uh, so uh, Dylan Bennett Klebold, he was born September 11th of 1981, and do you realize what that means? Is that he was born and died on the two meme days? Yeah, he really did. September 11th and 420. <laughs> yeah, this guy. <laughs> so that's pretty. Funny. It was written on the fucking wall before it even happened, man. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. So born September 11th, 1981, in Lakewood, Colorado, into a Lutheran pacifist family. That uh, also observed some Jewish traditions in honor of Dylan's maternal grandfather. All right. He was an exceptional student and uh, was briefly a part of the CHIPS program. You like know what, the TV show? CHIPS? Like I've chips? never seen that. I would just always think of the snack food. The cops? You know CHIPS? I had no idea. Come on. Well, apparently it stands for Challenging High Intellectual Potential Students. That's what it stands for. All right, Way so less fun like than the... television. Kind of like like what for us it was like the National Junior Honor Society. Yeah, and something like that. I'm imagining. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was a really good student, but that was elementary school, right? So once he got to middle school, he found the transition of schools to be difficult. And as I mentioned, this was where Dylan and Eric met. So they're together, all right. And as the two grew up, they remained friends, but had pretty differing like social standings. Eric Harris, who he was pretty much the ringleader of this whole thing. Like, he was the one putting all this into motion, what we're about to talk about. He was the Osama. He was the Osama. Uh, so, where am I? Uh, so, Eric Harris, he was smart. He was popular. He was self-confident. He was strong. He, he was extremely well-liked by his peers. As a testament to, like, how well-liked and popular he was, the very last interaction he had before committing the heinous acts of Columbine Massacre uh, was a group of girls in a passing car trying to get his attention. Aww. <laughs> so That's was, sweet. He was at the top of his game. Uh, he even uh, slept with a 23-year-old as a 17-year-old dude. He was, he was well-liked to a statutory degree. All right? Okay. One might say. But he was a jerk, uh, which sort of makes sense, right? Like a big old... A uh, conventionally attractive jerk seems to do well socially and with the ladies, right? He fits the bill. That's what incels say. Um, well, Dylan, on the other hand, 
he was as lame goff as lame goff comes. Like, he was weak, shy, self-conscious, couldn't even think of interacting with girls, wore all black, he brooded constantly, often discussing the idea of suicide, but never making any actions towards it. Okay. He was just one of those dark boys. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. So, he followed Eric around pretty much everywhere like a little sad, wounded dog. All right, he's, he was just like his little puppy dog. He was always trying to impress him, um, and that sort of ties in with the media's perspective of the dynamic of the two. Okay. All right? So, Eric and Dylan, they met in high school and remained friends throughout their schooling since then. All right? So, well, the two began going on uh, what they called missions as kids, which mainly consisted of the two of them, like, teeping houses and, like, ding-dong ditching and lighting off fireworks and, like, general... Low-level vandalism. You remember those days. General hooliganism. Hooliganism. Uh, Eric even created a private website that was initially meant to discuss the video game Doom. Fantastic game. And its sequels, uh, but ended up being a platform where he would start blog posting. All right. All right, he started a little blog. Uh, He began the website in 1996. Mostly, like I said, talking about the Doom and its, uh, you know... And reco- he also like started his blog at the same time, recounting his uh, his fun pranks with his buddy Dylan. All right, all right. But by the next year, 1997, the blog posts had developed into expressions of his distaste for society. Not good. So he's doing a little diary on the internet there. Yeah, not good. Uh, so he began posting instructions on how to make homemade bombs. And uh, expressing uh, wanting to murder people. He even gave the names of like specific people in his school that he wanted to kill. Jesus. And there wasn't much traffic on Eric's website, but the parents of one Brooks Brown happened to come across a quote from Eric on the website. And the, uh, the post read, All I want to do is kill and injure as many of you as I can, especially a few people. Like Brooks Brown. <laughs> Jesus, all right. <laughs> Just directly. Uh, so Brown's parents then contacted the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. Okay. Where an investigator wrote, wrote up an affidavit to request a search warrant for Eric's home. But for some reason, it was never submitted to a judge. So nothing ever happened. Uh-huh. Okay. This guy's posting about making bombs. And, the, and it's just, okay. Anyway. Uh, so not long after this, in late January of 1998, both Harris and Klebold, they were both arrested for breaking into a van to steal tools and computer equipment. So this wow. is just like threat, like theft. Yeah, it's, it's, just, a, it's some escalation. I don't think it's grand theft. What makes something grand theft? I think it's the amount of money that's involved. That's worth? Hmm. I don't know. Like, tools and computers, is. those are expensive. Yeah, I don't know what the limit is, but I, I think it's about like money. Yeah. Well, in any case, they both pled guilty to felony theft. And uh, because of their age, they were merely made to attend anger management classes. Uh And because of, quote, positive actions in the program, they were just put on probation pretty quickly after that. Okay. So they're getting into some trouble, right? After this little snafu, uh, Eric began journaling uh, rather than blog posting. And strangely enough, Dylan did too. So they're both doing, like, physical journals now. Jeez, okay. all right. There's like the internet's too open, it seems. Uh, Eric Harris specifically wrote in his journals his desire to rape and torture, and in some cases eat young freshman girls at his school. 
Good fucking He's expressing Lord. cannibalism. That is <laughs> it's fucking, fucked up, man. Not, yeah. no, not cool. Yeah. And these writings, some of the writings, not the eating and raping and all that stuff, but some of their writings that were pretty disturbing uh, made their way into the, the classroom, into some of their schoolwork for their creative writing classes. Um, yeah, that figures. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like, it's not real, it's creative. Um, so Harris wrote a poem from the perspective of a bullet. Not weird at all. Uh, Klebold wrote a short story about a man going on a killing spree in the school. <laughs> uh, causing teachers to contact his parents. Yeah, but, red flag. Yeah, but uh, nothing came of that past a possible grounding. Oh, just possible. So there's, it's. I can't believe these two did this. There's no signs at all that the, anything's wrong. No, not even a right? little bit. I, I wouldn't know. even assume they were difficult. I was going to give them a grant to do whatever they want. Give uh, them a lot of money. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so... You know, they have all these like negative feelings. They're expressing them online. They get in trouble slightly for it, so they, they get more intense with the with the writings and their own personal thing. They start making this plan, all right? And they want it to be big, a big plan, somewhere along the lines of what we uh, saw on the Internet there. So the guns that they used, all right, in the months leading up to the massacre, because they were planning it, they, they wanted to do this. They were like, we have a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harris and Klebold were acquiring a mini arsenal of guns. All right, they both had a part-time job, or they both had part-time jobs, I guess, um, at a place called Blackjack Pizza. Okay, They're just slinging pies. I know how much you like it when people refer to pizza as pie. I despise it. Well, they're slinging pies, and a coworker named Philip Duran, Duran probably, uh, purchased an M. Wait. A, a nine millimeter Tech Nine pistol for Dylan Klebold. All right, for five hundred dollars. Uh, in November of nineteen ninety-eight, another of the boys' friends, Robin Anderson, purchased a rifle and two shotguns for Harrison Klebold. Obviously, the guns were bought uh, by friends and coworkers because the pair were too young to purchase them themselves. When and they had a felony, right? And they had a felony. Yeah, they were seventeen-year-old felons, and uh, they were. They were able to obtain the guns quickly and discreetly because they were all bought at gun shows. Okay. All right, so you just walk in, walk out with a gun, no problem. All right. Um, moving on to the explosives. Because it it seems like the guns were sort of secondary to their whole plan. Yeah, that was not as we see plan this go A. Out, it was not which the gun. I, I didn't know. I thought they just like straight up went in with guns and like that was their plan. But looking into this, it was like they were planning a full-on like assault yeah it was it was sort of military tactician style it was like we'd blow off these entrances and then they'd like all pull here and we'd have our guns and whoever's left would be like you yeah know, it's like they we will pick that. them off and like the the policemen will have the higher ground will pick them off like that kind of shit right 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 <clears throat> well moving on to the explosives harris and Cleveland spent most of their time leading up to the massacre Acquiring guns, videotaping themselves in their basement, uh, explaining their plan. Because that is something they started to do. They were making videos in their basement just talking about how much they want to kill and how great it's going to be and that kind of shit. Okay. Just doing it, you know, just doing it up. I, um, I don't condone that behavior, but okay. So, <laughs> so those two things, the guns, the, the, the tapes, and making bombs of all sorts of varieties. They had constructed pipe bombs. 
Carbon dioxide cartridges filled with gunpowder, which are also called crickets. Molotov cocktails and propane tanks uh, converted to be bombs. All right. Some so of they them were, had, they were fucking prepared for they some were terrorism. Ready. Dude, so they and they used all sorts of like different detonation sorts of like uh machinery. They had like one that was rigged to a clock, they had some that were just like model rocket uh uh fuses, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were they were making bombs. Uh so let's let's get into the day. All right. Uh all right. On the morning of Tuesday, April twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold placed two duffel bags in the cafeteria. Uh, each contained a propane tank rigged to explode at the beginning of a lunch at 11.15. And I know me and you know what a lunch is, but is that like a th- thing for all high schools? You know, I actually like, don't know. That's interesting because, yeah. like, we, yeah, we had, like, the block schedule where it was, like, divvied up into, like, A lunch, B lunch, C lunch, and D lunch. Yeah, and it, like, depended on what class you were in and which part of the building, like, at the time of your lunch, like, which one you were assigned. So, yeah, like, I not everyone's in lunch at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, a if that was similar to what... I'm assuming it probably is. I mean, we had, like, what, like, 5,000 kids at our school, so it just makes sense, but... Yeah, yeah, for, the, for us, it was like, okay, we're going to just put 1,200 into lunch instead of 5,000. There you go, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, they they uh, you know, they had the duffel bag, they had the propane tanks rigged to explode at the beginning of a lunch, all right, so the first one of the day at 1115. Uh, there was a supposed security tape change around the time that these bombs were planted, and so there is no footage of the boys doing so. Ooh. Interesting. Damn. Weird. Um, yeah, let's see. So the pair also placed two backpacks full of pipe bombs, aerosol canisters, and small propane bombs in a field about three miles away from the school. Set them to explode shortly before the plan. Uh, they before they planned to go ahead with their plan, you know. Uh, and these bombs were set as a diversion. Okay. Okay. And you might be thinking, like, oh, there's just fucking duffel bags in there. No one's saying anything in like the cafeteria, you know. Apparently, there was just an area where everyone threw their backpacks. Ah, uh, okay. You know, so it kind of blended in a little bit. Back in the trusting days, you know. Yeah. Uh, so Harrison Klebold went to their morning bowling class. Bowling. Bowling class at the bowling alley <laughs> took place off campus. Um, they uh, they returned after uh, changing their clothes, wearing trench coats. All right, and part of the reason for the trench coats was to conceal like their many many weapons. Oh yeah, yeah that you each hide those. yeah each of them were donning. But it was also because there was a clique at the school known as the Trench Coat Mafia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, so basically, they could wear these, and no one would really bat an eye because everyone at the school was like, "Oh, it's just one of those trench coat dudes." Yeah, like that's, you know what a, I mean? that's a group, you know. Yeah, it's like that's that's their life. I'll let them live it. All right. So Harrison Cleveland, they parked in different parking spots on different sides of the cafeteria outside. Right. Uh, both of their cars contained two twenty-pound propane tanks each, along with some pipe bombs. So they're placing car bombs basically yeah all right and uh so let's see uh harris actually came across brooks brown the guy from earlier whose parents uh, called because he was just like i want to kill this guy yeah i want to fucking kill him so he was getting out of his car 
and uh brooks brown was there like smoking a cigarette and he was just like talking to him he's like yo uh you missed that test this morning like what's where were you what's going on with that and harris uh responded that doesn't matter anymore you know what i like you brooks i like you now get out of here go home all right (laughs) and uh brooks was already planning on skipping his next class but this comment made him uneasy so off the road off down the road he went uh, he's, he he left. He successfully got out of there. Yeah, he's like, uh, okay. He's like that sounds uh, a little suspicious. But uh, so Harris was wearing a white T-shirt with "Natural Selection" written in black, and Klebold wore a white T-shirt with "Wrath" written in red. So they have their their little uh, fun uniforms. Yeah, they got like a they got a thing going, you know. And a whole like little shtick. You gotta and they fit both in. have the dusters or whatever, like trench coats. They're pretty much dusters. I don't what's the difference between I, those things? I don't know. I, I always assume that like a traditional trench coat is like black, but a duster can be black. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if it's like a regional thing. It's like a jacuzzi hot tub situation, I feel like. It probably you yeah. I, I don't I don't know. They're they're the same oh, fucking thing. Knows, man. They're fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, so they had these fun shirts on. They had their their uniforms, the dusters, everything. Uh, they used straps and webbing to secure their weapons to their bodies underneath their trench coats. So they each had nine millimeters, a sawed-off twelve-gauge shotgun. They each had a duffel bag full of explosives and ammunition, mm-hmm. matchstick strikers taped to their forearms to light the fuses of bombs easily. Okay. 45 crickets, uh, you know, the explosives between them, pipe bombs, and Molotov cocktails. Oh, okay. These are some very concealing jackets. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, the cafeteria bombs that, you know, they planted earlier, um, they didn't go off. And if they had, they would have killed and or injured Severely injured, like, 488 students that were in the cafeteria at the time. Damn. And they purposefully placed them by support beams, and the library was above it. So, like, in the best-case scenario in their minds, the library would literally crush everyone in the cafeteria. Well, fuck. All right, I guess. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But that bomb didn't go off. Neither of them did. Uh, so, all right. Here we go. At 11.19 a.m., students Rachel Scott and Richard Castaldo, Castaldo, yeah, uh, were sitting on the grass outside of the cafeteria having lunch. Klebold was approaching. He approached, he threw a pipe bomb towards the two, and it only partially detonated, and it kind of just gave off smoke. It was like a weird smoke bomb, so they thought. Rachel and Richard thought it was like a weird senior prank. Yeah, they're like, or something uh, at first, you what know? the fuck? Yeah. That is until one of the two boys yelled, Go! Go! And Klebold and Harris then pulled out their firearms and opened fire on the two. Rachel was shot four times and died instantly from a shot to the temple. Damn. Richard was shot in the arms, chest, and abdomen eight times. He fell unconscious and was paralyzed from the chest down for uh, the rest of his life. Yeah, it was like uh, forever probably. Yeah. Uh, the two then made their way into the school, or more towards the school. And uh, by the two of them, I mean Klebold and Harris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other two. Uh, but anyway, um, so they made their way closer to the school, coming across Daniel Rarbo. 
Rarbau. R-O-H-R-B-O-U-G-H. That guy. Rarbow. Rarbow. Uh Sean Graves and Lance Kirkland. All right, so these three, they're, they're coming around, uh, just like about to come up the staircase leading down to the cafeteria. Because there is like a hill. Like the school is on a hill. So like the perspective is kind of weird, but you're going down... Yeah, they're going to down the, to yeah. go up or even, I guess. Something's happening. The staircase. All right. They see these three dudes on the staircase. Um, and uh, what is uh, three boys, they saw the guns, right? So these three guys, they saw the guns and they were just like, they're probably paintball guns. They just figured like, oh, probably paintball. Good Lord. Uh, Harris then shot the three, killing Rarbo. Rarbo. I feel like I'm mispronouncing his name and I feel like I'm doing him a disservice. But <laughs> he's, you know? all right, he's dead. Rarbo, he's dead. Uh, and injured the other two. By this time, teacher and coach David uh, William David Sanders had heard the shots and had begun warning students in the cafeteria. Right? Okay, okay. Harrison Klebold then, uh, then turned to five students on the grassy hill outside again, um, opening fire. Michael Johnson was hit in the face, arm, and leg, but managed to run and escape. Mark Taylor was shot in the chest, arms, and leg, and after which he played dead, and so he was not shot anymore. Okay. The other three students escaped unharmed. They're not even in the school yet. Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> um, Harris and Klebold then made their way down the stairway more so towards the cafeteria, where Klebold came across Kirkland again, you know, the guy that he had just shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, severely wounded and calling for help. Klebold said, sure, I'll help you. And proceeded to shoot Kirkland in the face with his shotgun. Good lord. Fucking brutal, man. Um, One-liners and everything. They got a lot of one-liners. Some of them better than others. Uh, Miraculously, Kirkland ended up surviving. After being shot in the face, after being shot like three times. Jesus Christ. I don't even know how to like, like how, you know? Like, good lord. (laughs) It's bad, man. Uh, Klebold then went into the cafeteria. But he didn't fire his gun off at all. Uh, it was speculated that he went in to check on the bombs. Okay. But, like, when he got in there, he didn't shoot anybody. He was just, like, you know, meandering, looking for where they were. Uh, so Harris hung back, still shooting at students outside from the stairs. And Klebold then uh, returned to Harris, where they continued to shoot. And apparently wi- surrounding witnesses apparently overheard the two saying, like, this is what we've always wanted to do. Like, this is so awesome, and, like, that kind of shit. <clears throat> Very scary. Maybe he had higher aspirations. You yeah. Know? That, that's my thought right now is, like, aim higher, you know? Not in the sense Don't of tell them to aim people. higher because they were planning on, like, outdoing the Oklahoma City bombings numbers. Yeah, I don't mean it They literally, <laughs> they are recorded in saying that uh, fucking... Uh, well, Timothy McVeigh, there's like that guy's a pussy. <laughs> like, like, dude, let me tell you this. I don't know. Maybe go for like a general manager position somewhere. That should be your like your goal. You know, you keep it low if you want, but like at least go higher than where you're at. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I mean, come on, man. What are you accomplishing with this? Nothing. You're just killing people. I don't know. All right, so they're 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 shooting people again. They're still outside. They're just like this is amazing. It's so good. Uh, so art teacher Patty Nielsen approached the west entrance with student Brian Anderson, 
uh, thinking that there was just like a harmless little commotion going on outside. Like mm-hmm. everyone, a lot of people just thought this was a prank. Yeah, initially. they're like, okay, what's going on here? Like until they saw what was actually happening. Uh, so she was planning on just like putting a stop to it. Just like, hey, cut it out. But as the two went through the first set of doors to go outside, Harris and Klebold shot out the windows, injuring both Anderson and Nielsen with glass and shrapnel. Alright, so the two then ran down back down the hall from whence they came, uh, going into the library to warn everyone and to call 911. Okay, alright, smart, smart. Right. Yeah, finally someone's calling the police. At... Uh, here it is at 11.22 a.m. A custodian called uh, Deputy Neil Gardner, who was eating his lunch in his car. And that's that was one thing, because uh, that, that was like a police officer like who was always at the school. Like he was That was his job. Yeah, he was like security, you know. And usually he would eat lunch with the kids in the cafeteria, but for some reason today he was out in, the, in his car. Probably having a cigarette. Probably having a cigarette. He he was watching the other, like, the students in the smoking pit just smoking cigarettes. Yeah, there you go. Because that was another thing that they had back then. All right. Um, so, yeah, custodian called him, Neil Gardner. Uh, he was eating in his car, saying that there was a girl who was down and that there was an active shooter. All right? He probably was like, oh, He's just, fuck. like, fucking halfway through a ham sandwich. Um what else? Uh, so as Gardner got out of his car, Harris fired off 10 shots at him from 60 yards away. Damn. All right, just immediately. And uh, Gardner was not hit and returned fire with four shots from his sidearm while Harris was reloading his rifle. Harris at this point had shot off 47 shots and Klebold had fired five. Damn, all right. They're not even inside yet. No. All right, uh, Harris and Klebold then entered the school. They're inside now, through the west entrance, shot out the windows of the east entrance, and then went up and down the halls shooting at every, anyone they came across and throwing pipe bombs. Yeah, that's the detail that's is often it, like, like overlooked, it, is had those bombs been much more successful than they were, you'd, the devastation this would be would've crazy. This would have been massive. It would have been incredibly bad. Uh, but yeah, thank, thankfully they're just kids who are bad at making bombs. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Alright, yeah, so they, they went in through the west entrance. They were shot out the windows of the east entrance. They were going up and down the halls. They were throwing pipe bombs, shooting people. Uh, the two then made their way down to the library hallway. Okay. Right? And the library is where the most shit happens. Yeah, this is where chaos reigns. Okay. Um, at 11.29, Harris and Klebold entered the library where 52 students, two teachers, and two librarians were. 56 people were in this library. Harris shot through the front desk, uh, with his shotgun twice, uh, injuring a few people, uh, especially with wooden, like, shrapnel getting into their eyes. Um, Klebold then... Walked up to disabled student Kyle Velasquez and shot him in the back and head with his shotgun, instantly killing him. Ugh. Just immediately killing the disabled kid. They then uh, told everyone to get up and that the library was going to explode. All right, so then they ordered the jocks specifically to stand up, saying, Anyone with a white hat or sports emblem is dead. Uh, because apparently they were going after the quote-unquote jocks. 
All right. And white hats were like a tradition there. Like anyone a part of the sports at all at Columbine High School, they like had those. It's like I'm a sports guy. You know, they were kind of jocks too, though. They were on the bowling team or like yeah. in the bowling class. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. You might not think it, but that's a sport. You know. That's that a sport. Yeah. You're jocks, guys. I'm sorry. You're jocks. <laughs> well. Uh, the, if that's true, then they they made good on their their claim that all that, the jocks yeah, were dead. Valid point. Um, so yeah, uh, no one stood up uh, when they said this, right? Rightfully so. Yeah, and, who the fuck would? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and many of the students uh, were just trying to hide their hats. Uh, but this point, uh, by this point, the police had arrived, and the windows of the library were shot out in the direction from where the police were. Okay, so the police returned fire. So the windows were shot out by uh, Harris and Klebold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the police returned fire, causing Harris and Klebold to uh, simply avoid the windows. And it seems like that worked. Uh, Klebold then took his t- he took off his trench coat and fired his shotgun at three students sitting at a table, injuring them all. All right. Um, Harris then went over to a computer desk, got down on one knee, and mortally shot fourteen year old Stephen. Kernow in the neck. Ugh. Uh, he then shot 17-year-old Casey Rugziger, Rugziger uh, through the shoulder and severing a major artery. She then gasped in pain, and Harris said, quit your bitching. Funny. Yeah. This guy really thinks One-liners. he's fucking great, doesn't he? Quit your bitching. Uh, he then went over to uh, a desk where Cassie... Bernal uh, was hiding. He slapped the top of the desk, knelt down, said peekaboo, and shot her in the head with a shotgun. Damn. He, yeah, he, he then left, uh, he, he let off his shot with, uh, with one hand, this one, the peekaboo shot that I just talked about. That's fucking crazy in and of itself. Right? But, uh, it was a bit of, it's not equal, but it is funny that he did this with one hand, so the recoil of the 12-gauge shotgun kicked back and broke his nose. Good. So it's not an equal punishment, but there is a bit of karma there, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, at least there's a little something going on, you know? A little something-something happened. Yeah. Um, so there you go. He broke his nose with a shotgun shooting a woman in the face. Uh, a girl in the face, actually. So with a bloody nose, uh, he then asked Bree Pasquale, I think, uh, if she wanted to die, she then pled for her life, and Klebold said, "Shoot her." And Harris responded, "No, we're gonna blow up the school anyway." So if you haven't noticed by now, like they kind of, it's like indiscriminate, like who they're killing. They they just decide in the literal moment that they're seeing these people if they're gonna let them live or not. Yeah, it's but it, they're terrorizing everybody. There's no plan. Like they they might have said they have a plan, but at least as far as what we can witness just from here, it's straight up just like well. Yeah, this guy's fine. I don't care, whatever. But that guy, yeah. you know what I mean? It's kind of like a, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you. you know? Yeah, but, but with bullets. Yeah, it's it's all over the fucking place. It's not good. Um, So it's nearing the end of my notes, but the, like towards the end of this actual occurrence, it, it was just tragedy after tragedy, just like I've been going through, just like senseless, like they just walk up to somebody, have a little exchange, and then shoot them. Yeah. Basically, but um, so we're coming to an end here on my end. But uh, the the two after that, 
um, after they said they were going to blow up the school anyway, they, they let her live. Um, they're still in the library. They then came across three black students. And uh, the two taunted them, uh, made disgusting racial comments uh, before murdering two of them. Um, Isaiah Scholes, uh, who was shot in the chest, and Matthew Ketcher. And even though neither of them were shot in the head, I believe it was uh, Harris that said, I didn't know black brains could go that far. So you don't even have, like, an appropriate one-liner for, like, what you did. Yeah, you know? it's, like I said, some of them hit and some of them don't. Like, that one doesn't even make sense in the situation, dude. He just really wanted to be racist in that moment, and that was that was all he could think of. Yeah, he felt like that was, because like, the he's power stupid. move, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Harris then uh, said, who's ready to die next? All right. Uh, which I hope no one answered. Yeah, like some guys in the back, like I, I'll do it. It's, it's me, like fucking mole man. It's or like something. you're not. This isn't going to stop what we're doing. You're just also going to die. Uh, Harris and Klebold then continued approaching students in the library, um, deciding whether or not they would shoot or spare them, completely randomly. It was completely random. It was all just. It was terror. It was a terrorist act. Right. Um, after leaving the library, the gunman made their way to the cafeteria, and once there, security cameras showed them uh, attempting to detonate the failed bombs in the cafeteria in the duffel bags. Um, first by shooting them, shooting at them, basically, which didn't work, and then throwing a Molotov cocktail at them. Oh, yeah, that would be the bomb going to there just you go. fire. And the Molotov caught fire and was quickly put out by the sprinkler system. Didn't plan that one through. Yeah, uh, they had a shit ton of bombs. I think they had uh, they had constructed at least ninety nine bombs, which is fucking. I that's like, so how long many. does that take? You know, that's like, what I'm I saying, dude. Know. They were planning this for months, like months leading up to it. That's all they were doing: making videos, getting guns, and making bombs. Good lord. Um. So yeah, the the, the bombs didn't go off. It was then at twelve oh eight. Um that Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold ended up taking their own lives in the library. All right, so after making their way back to the library, Harris sat himself against a book bookshelf and uh, shot himself in the roof of the mouth with a shotgun. Klebold then went down on his knees and shot himself in the temple using his Tech-9 pistol. All right. Um, so, yeah, there's a bunch of... That, that, that doesn't even, like... Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to form thoughts after going through all that. Right yeah, now. It, it's a uh, rough one, more so because the whole it's... thing took like forty-five minutes, and police extended it into like three hours. Yeah, because it... they didn't know what to do. There was no one in charge outside. Right, like, and the, the thing with this one, like what I want to bring up, um, it this was at a time where I know now it seems so foreign, but. This was at a time when the idea of the active shooter drill in schools was, like, not something that was probably ever done. Um, It might be something that was, like, buried deep in, you know, the school plans just to have in case. Yeah. But it's not something that was regularly scheduled and, like, practiced or even reviewed probably by local authorities, I would imagine. Definitely not. Like, there were some teachers, like, as it was happening, that they did direct everyone to, like, get under your desks. So that kind of gives me the inkling that maybe there was something in place of that nature. But, like, it was never taken seriously, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. Like you you were saying, you know. 
Yeah, and this was, I mean, we're talking, this was in the 90s. This was not something that happened. Um, it wasn't something that people regularly thought like, hey, this is a serious danger that can occur. It just sort of, it was at that, that time in history when it was, it really was the perfect storm for this to happen. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, so I'm having an idea right now. I'm thinking um, there are some things that I want to clarify with what I just said, everything, like a little more background and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there is a lot that comes after it, so I think we should break this into two probably. No, absolutely. Um, what I'm just thinking now is get into the weirdness as well as talk about the after effects. You know, like what came yeah. after and what what this led to in, as far as America goes, yeah, you know? Yeah, uh, First, uh, I would like to list off the names of fatalities, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did them, but... It would go we didn't do all of them. List, there there was know? there was some that I just, like, I couldn't keep writing about it, so I just kind of glossed over some of them. Okay. Uh, so there was Rachel Scott, Daniel Rohrbaugh, uh William David Sanders, Kyle Velasquez, Stephen Kurnow, Kurnow, Casey Bernal, Isaiah Scholes, Matthew Ketcher, uh, Lauren Townsend, John Tomlin, Kelly Fleming, Daniel Mouser, I believe, uh, Corey DePooter. DePooter. DePooter, and then Eric Harrison, Dylan Klebold, but they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, I wouldn't really put them in like the in-memoriam section. You know, they're more yeah. of like the fuck those guys. No, it's true. Um but yeah, uh, and uh, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of shit. Uh, one thing I did not include in the notes, Eric Harris uh, was a big fan of the Nazis there. He loved oh, Germany. yeah. Uh, he loved Hitler, and he loved Freud, I guess. So, uh, uh, weird. Also, apparently, uh, Dylan Klebold, he was part Jewish, and I don't know if... If that ever came up. If that ever came up, yeah, and like... Uh, how they found how the the bodies of the two were found some people kind of speculate that uh Harris killed Klebold and then himself and some people are just like oh it's cuz he was jewish but it's like there's no you know there's nothing substantial to substantiate that yeah we, we you don't have any mean? actual proof of that yeah but yeah i mean this is it's a it's a lot different than vegas i know that there's sort of Very part different. of this series but the difference, I mean, as you can tell, the main difference here is we have definitive proof that this was just two individuals that were like, all right, well, let's just, let's fucking go, you know? Yeah, and it was mainly Eric Harris because he was pretty much controlling he was Dylan Klebold. He was a dick. I mean, he, he, was, was, a he was a bully. You he know? was a textbook psychopath, dude. Like, he had no emotion, no feel. Like, he just had one thing he wanted to do. He wanted to hurt people. And then he even got bored as it was happening. Yeah. Like, he was, he's just, like, shooting into the ceiling and, like, whooping around. He's like, what, what else are we going to do? There's no bombs. Like, let's go do something else. Like, it, it's weird. Yeah, and the one narrative thing that I will uh, we'll talk about now, I guess... Um, the thing that was talked about after the fact was this raised, I mean, in, in, in no defense of them, I'm not saying that this is, you know, an excuse, but a lot of conversations began about bullying in schools and what it can lead to. And like, were these outcasts just really picked on like to the point where they had no other option and this was their cry for help. But what I think is often forgotten or just ignored for the sake of story 
Um, they were. They may have been bullied. I'm not saying that they weren't. No, they were the bullies. Yeah, but that's what, that. That's the point that I'm making here is that they were in fact uh, bullies themselves. Yeah, especially Eric, Harris, uh, Eric. Yeah, he was like he was literally like one of the most popular, well liked people in the school. Yeah. And he just had, like, a fucked up sense of humor, everyone thought. But no, he was, like, planning on doing this shit. Yeah, he was so... psychopath, man. He was lying. He was good at it. He was controlling everybody. He tried to recruit another guy in the, uh, in the uh, what is it? The scheme, I guess you'd in call the ske- it. Yeah, but it was in the, uh, not Duster, but Trench Coat Mafia. In the Trench Coat Mafia. He, it was during bowling class. He was like, hey, what if we uh, killed all the jocks? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, that would be crazy. But he didn't, didn't, like, show interest, and he wasn't, like, following up. So Eric was just like, all right, I won't push on this one. He didn't respond to the fan mail. He was literally trying to recruit people, and Dylan was his guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I needed to clarify in part one. Um, yeah, the media totally fucked up. Because I get where they were coming this. from, you know, like it raises those questions. Um, but in this particular instance, that is not the case at all. Yeah. Um, it was really just a case of mental illness. I mean, is really the best way to put that. Like yeah. severe mental illness. We had a psychopath and a severely depressed young man. Yeah. And neither of them, like, were properly medicated. No, 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 no. Like, no they way they were, I believe both of them were taking a specific type of antidepressant, which I don't have the name of, unfortunately. Yeah, that's something that'll come but up in part that, two. Yeah. I was reading about that. That was another thing. It's like people started questioning that and giving it to children. And it was, yeah, there, there's too much to cover in the media coverage for this episode. Yeah, and I, it's, you know, it, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the media, obviously, but I'm not blaming them for botching the story. I kind of am. Well, the only excuse that I'm giving for them is the fact that at this time, this was so new, it was almost unreal, you know? Yeah, I have a feeling it was very surreal. Because, like I said, this this wasn't the first ever school shooting. Like, spring was literally in the news cycle considered shooting season. But the sheer mass of this, it just, it fucking broke the wheels yeah yeah no no you're you're definitely you're definitely onto something there oh yeah it it changed everything i mean just even policy as far as handbook rules that go into schools today are forever altered because of columbine yeah um and it's weird that nothing was done previous because there were signs i mean they were stealing they had that that blog post thing and then uh what else they had the journals uh, at Blackjack Pizza, Eric Harris actually brought a pipe bomb to work and was, like, showing it to his co-workers, and they were all, like, freaking out. Like, you're away from, like, that kind of shit. Uh, yeah, I would, too. He brought like, a pipe Whoa. bomb to work. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing with that thing, dude? It's fucking insane. But the, it, it's... And don't, don't get it twisted. With the part two, we're not going to be talking, like, false flag or anything like that, because this one... It's it's not the case. This, this one's is... pretty straightforward. It's like what happened with the media. It's like you see how it happens. It is like a fucking catastrophe how it goes down in the media, but it it makes sense, I guess. I don't know, man. In the, like, yeah, in the weirdest way to they're have literally something makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, they're interviewing like 
kids in the parking lot with blood on their clothes. Right. Like, and it's not, you're not going to get a reliable They thing. watch, you know, their friends get shot or straight up killed, and it's like, realistically, um, kind of like I said earlier, you know, had the pipe bombs worked in the fashion that they had expected them to, um, we could be looking at true devastation. Like, I'm talking yeah. hundreds of casualties, like insane amounts probably like the biggest mass shooting event in the history of yeah. america dude like i said like they, they were planning on crushing the cafeteria with the library yeah that's a statement like, that you don't that, often hear that's or something register. they were just like all right everything's in place also we have all these other bombs like what <laughs> and the car bombs are you shouldn't me yeah it's certainly certainly fucking insane yeah. to say the very least I guess their plan at the beginning was to uh, it was to set off the bombs in the cafeteria, have the library like fall down, the police would show up, and then after they showed up, their car bombs would go off, and in the chaos, they would just be picking people up from the top of the stairs. Yeah, pretty much. That, that was what they planned on doing, and then what happened is just them freewheeling it. No, yeah, their... they sort of just kind of yeah. improv that shit and see where it goes. Um, but it is... There's a lot of weird little details that kind of add some mystery to the story. Yeah, like the cop in his car when every day he would eat lunch in the cafeteria. And then apparently right before they planted the bombs in the cafeteria, the custodian had, like just so happened to be changing the security tape at that exact moment. Yeah. You know? it It's very strange, to say the least. Um, I know a lot of people will just go ahead and say that it was... For them, it was coincidence, like lucky coincidence for what they were going for. Um, but I don't know. There's weird things. And then I know that they're, um, what I was actually reading about, which I'll, I'll go into just a little bit here. Um, there's actually, at a point in time, there was discussion of a lawsuit um, against the pharmaceutical company for the drug that they were on, which I'm, I'm not certain of the name. That'll... You know, I'll bring that up again next week in that episode. Oh, man. That is, that's like fucking Michael Moore taking that kid with the bullets in his spine to Kmart to return the bullets. Well, like, it, it is, but the believe it or not, um, the guy that was the leader in that was the individual that wrote the Franklin cover-up. Really? Um, yeah, he had a hand in Columbine and different things after the fact. Um, Interesting. So there, God, that guy had a hell of a career. Yeah, so there's there there's some details that go around it that are it, it, you can't even call them conspiracies. They're more so just open ended questions that we don't know the answers to. But what we do know is that it real Columbine was sort of the perfect storm when it comes to an event like this. Yeah, it all just uh, synced up, and there you have it, Columbine. You yeah, know, it's just fucked up. Everything really, really, really played out how they wanted, um, and it just it just went off. Um, I know personally for us, um, the Rachel, the victim in the in like outside of the school, Rachel Scott, yeah, the, the first victim. Yeah, if I remember correctly, um, her dad actually does like talk circuits. Really? Because um, I believe he came to our school when we were younger and gave like a talk. Are about you fucking it. me? No, I'm. When was that? that? What was that? Elementary, it middle school. It was in middle school where we went to the gym, and he came and he talked, and it was um, I think it was called like flowers for Rachel or something like that. Oh my god! I, 
Mitch, yeah, Mitch, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and he came and kind of, like, gave his side as, like, the victim's family, like, the surviving family, you know? And as Mitch just said, he expressed uh, a deep want for suicide. Yeah, it was very depressing. I remember that. I don't remember this. But he, um, I, I don't, I'm going to look into that as well, but I'm almost certain that that was the individual that I'm talking about. Mostly because I remember that name Rachel. Like I don't, the last name doesn't sound familiar yeah, to me. Just Scott, yeah. But the Rachel really does, and I know I'm sure a lot of the family of these victims did similar things because it was fucking insane. Yeah. But I, um, yeah, I think this is a good place to end. I th- yeah, it's that a was heavy topic. That was you quite know? a lot. And again, I, I, we're just we're pointing out weird things about this. We're not d- dismissing anything that happened. It was truly a fucking crazy tragedy. Yeah, this is you not know? Vegas. Don't worry, it is this not, is not. Well, that was also a tragedy, but well, yeah, you, but, but you that one's I mean. just obviously a false flag. This yeah. one is just like, oh fuck. Yeah, this one's just it's just weird. Is the best way to put it. It's just fucking weird, but. In the meantime, try to be try to be happy in the next. Try week. to be good to yourself. Don't don't do what they did. No, don't do that. Never do that. There's definitely better things to do. Like I said, maybe shoot for like a general manager position. That you know, like well, you don't go, shoot for one. Well, but fair you, point. You know what I mean. You can even go. I mean, I don't. You can go lower than that. Like I'm not. I'm not diminishing any career path. Okay. No, every everything's good. I'm just saying. You know, like, even if that's too much, like, responsibility or work for you, you could go lower than that and still not do what they did, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's no, real easy to not kill people. There's no and shame in that. any job on this planet that is, like, a, a job, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. it, it got to be done. They're there for a reason. Like, that's okay. You could still contribute and be a good member of society and do your thing. <laughs> Don't fucking go kill people. Like, it's that simple, you know? Yeah. It's really that simple. I like how the way it, you're making it sound like they didn't want to have jobs, so that's why they did this. They probably didn't. We, I, they worked at Blackjack Pizza. Yeah. They he saw brought that, pipe bombs there. They saw that they didn't like it, and they were like, we're going to do something else now, and I don't like that. You know, I don't like that about yeah, them. Maybe they didn't like uh, people referring to them as pies either. Yeah, no, they probably didn't. I'll tell you that. You I'm go. not a fan of that in the slightest. But no. I definitely get why people say it, but it doesn't mean I like it. You Pizza know? pie. But with that being said, that's effectively our episode. I for think the week. it is, yeah. And just like we were saying, go do something good. I think right after this, we're going to do the Patreon episode that we didn't get to do yesterday because Navi's uh, mom was not here, and he was very whipped up. Yeah, he was whipped so, up, and it was just better than putting him in a room or it's something. It's true. You know? So, patrons, sorry about that, but we're going to record one right now and post it up there. So, if you're listening to this immediately as it comes out, just go right over to Patreon afterward. Yeah, you'll see it. We're, we'll be there. It's not even a problem. It's we'll be, be there. It's going to be good. But we'll be back next week with part two for Columbine. Where we'll it'll be a little bit more on the lighter side, you know? Sort of, yeah. We'll more discuss it and not uh, go through it. Yeah, it won't be as, like, day-ruining as just hearing about people dying for no reason. Yeah, what I just did to you, I don't plan on doing that next week. No, 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 no. You'll get a week off. It'll be, it'll be heavy, but it won't be that heavy, you know? It'll be an episode, just like we always have every week. Because, you know, what? we are starting a cult, and you're Grant, and I'm Jake, and Mitch was here, and uh, Navi... 
left a while ago. I think he got bored or depressed, maybe. Yeah, he, he, uh, he didn't want to hang out with us. Yeah, there. so we are starting a call. You can follow us on all the shit. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a email. It's called... It's called startacult at gmail.com. And we have YouTube. Go like and subscribe there. Give us positive reviews on everything where you fucking listen to it. Um, please. Yeah. Also. Lay it uh, down for us. Yeah. Patreon. Link below. As always. It's great. Uh, that's it. That's it. Columbine. That's it. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.